We exalt your name, God. Hallelujah. Your word says if you be lifted up, you will draw all men unto you, God. And we know that you're drawing us right now, God. We are lifting up your name. We give you praise. We exalt you. Hallelujah. Jesus, we honor you. Come on, just say the name of Jesus. Lift up his name. We honor you. We exalt you, Lord. We exalt you, God. Come on, don't stop lifting up his name. Come on, open up your mouth. Lift up the name of Jesus. He's drawing us today. Come on, he's drawing us. We worship you, Lord. We know that you are God and God alone. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Hallelujah. I will exalt you. I will exalt you. I will exalt you. Cause you are my God. I will exalt you. I will exalt you. I will exalt you. For you are my God. Come on, can we sing that? Sing, I will exalt you. I will exalt you. We will lift your name, Lord. Sing, I will. I will. I'm worthy of praise. I will exalt you. Come on, can you just declare this? Say, you are my you God. Are my God. Come on, let's sing that again, family. Come on, sing it. I will exalt you. For all of my days, I will exalt you. Just tell them this today. Say, you are my you God. Are my God. Oh, my hiding place, my safe refuge, my treasure, Lord, you Most holy, say, I will. I will exalt you. Come on, sing it. Sing, I will, I will exalt you. Exalt the name of Jesus. I will. Sit it up in this place and sing it again. Yeah. Sing, I will exalt you. For you are worthy of praise. I will exalt you. I will exalt you. Now 
Let's just tell him who he is today. Come on. Oh, sing my hiding place. My safe refuge. My safe refuge. My treasure, Lord, you are. Testimony, come on, sing it. Yeah. Sing because you're what it looks like. Sing, I will. I will exalt you. Because you are my God. You are my God. Oh, come on, sing this. Sing, because you're with me. Because you're with me. I don't have to worry about a thing because you're with me. Because you're oh. with me. And I can smile at the storm because you're with me. Oh, I will not fear. I will not fear. Come on, you ought to worship him right there. We worship you. You will never leave us nor forsake us. You never leave us or forsake us. You're always there. You're always there. You are God. Yes, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You are God. And we will not fear. 
Good morning, Tabernacle. Happy Sabbath. So good to be in the house of the Lord on this Sabbath morning. And you know, my first word should be to thank God for his goodness towards us. Amidst the trials, amidst the tribulations, amidst the pestilence that we face, amidst the distancing, Amidst the isolation, the quarantine, we have much to give God thanks for. Amen. He's been good, and his mercy endured forever. And I hope that amidst the separation, amidst the distancing, we are drawing closer to the Lord. We are seeing prophecy fulfilling our eyes. So let us keep close to Jesus. I also would like to thank the technology team of Tabernacle because virtually they have brought us all together each Sabbath. I don't know about you, but I, I, I want you to just dream this morning, envision this morning the fact that you are a Tabernacle. I'm not preaching to an empty church. I'm envisioning all of you are in this these pews this morning. Amen. So I want to hear some hallelujahs and some amens. Amen. As we worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. I would like to invite you this morning to turn with me to the book of Ephesians. I said the book of Ephesians and we are going to chapter 6. I'll be reading in your hearing verses 11 through 16. Ephesians chapter 6, verse, verses 11 through 16. And it says as follows. Put on the old armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Verse 14, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, verse 16, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. I'd also like to reference a statement from the servant of the Lord found in the book Christ's Object Lesson, page 40, 146, and it says as follows. Talk and act as if your fate was invincible. 
The Lord is rich in resources. He owns the world. Look heavenward in faith. Look to him who has light and power and efficiency. There is in genuine faith a buoyancy, a steadfastness of principle, and a fixedness of purpose that neither time nor toil can weaken. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait on the Lord Amen. shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk, not faint. That last paragraph taken from Isaiah chapter 40. Verse 30 and 31. Let us pray. Father, we are once more thankful, Lord, that thou hast brought us to this place of worship. We thank thee, dear Father, that in the midst of chaos, thou hast promised to be with us. And as we worship you this morning, we invite you as well as the presence of the Holy Spirit, that hearts and minds may be touched to look to you and be drawn closer to you in all your light and glory. Father, erase me from this pulpit and take control. Forgive me for my sins, Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the old armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts, of the wicked one. This morning I'd like to speak to you, speak in the name of Jesus on the subject, on the topic, the shield of faith. I'm sure you have had the experience of putting some silverware in a glass, fork, knife or spoon 
And having the light come through the glass and the silverware looked like it was bent. It wasn't bent. But what you saw was a process called refraction. Mm -hmm. Refraction is the process where when the light hits something emerging water, it can create a distortion called, of course, refraction. We live in a world that creates refraction, distortion. It can so turn things to make things that are straight look crooked and make things that are crooked appear to be straight. And so living in an upside-down world, we often become upside-down people, thinking we know the right way and going the wrong way. Having the right way will chose the wrong way. In fact, the world can make a straight Christian look like a crooked one. That's right. A crooked person look like a straight person. Right. It refracts reality. But brothers and sisters, the physical world is not your problem. It's merely the vehicle for your problem. Because he says in verse 12, we wrestle against principalities and powers and forces of wickedness that are located in heavenly places. In other words, located in the spiritual realm. But because of the process of refraction, distortion, the spiritual realm is being made to be seen as unreal. And way out there. Because after all, we operate in the world of our five senses. But God has provided armament for us to wear as we deal with spiritual battles in life. In verse 14, he starts out with the belt of truth. Truth is God's basic knowledge. Knowledge from God's perspective. Viewpoint of God and a matter. Truth is God's perspective. That is truth. Truth, all the truth, nothing but the truth. So help me God. Truth is an absolute objective standard by which reality is to be measured. You know, something is real based on God's view. It's not even based on how you see it. If you are going to win in the spiritual realm, trust me, you must be continuously on this belt of truth. Because Satan is a liar. And if he knows you are not committed to truth, he will suck you dry. It then says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. That is, cover your rightness to the truth. The breastplate on the chest because the chest is where the heart is. Right. Have your heart committed to right. 
the right that you now concur with. Keep that right close to you, to your heart. Verse 15 says, have your feet in the gospel of peace. True peace. Lasting peace. This peace comes not from a pill. It comes from the gospel. But you say, how can I access this victorious living in the midst of a spiritual battle that I'm experiencing in my physical world? How I access this? And he answers that in verse 16. Taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the fiery darts of the evil one. I want us to spend some time in this verse this morning. Because so many times we misunderstand faith. And yet faith is critical. He says, in addition to all, in other words, I know I've told you a lot. But if you get this one, if you get this verse. This verse 16, you got it all. This one, he says, is the key. Notice the verb here, take up. The first three is something you wear all the time. You keep truth with you. You keep righteousness with you. You keep the peace of God with you. And you keep those with you all the time. But now... When he comes to this text, this one about sharing the faith, he says with that one, you got to pick it up. Faith is your access point. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 and 2 says, faith gives you access to grace. And grace is where God has deposited everything he's going to do for you. Notice that. He has deposited everything he wants to do for us. He wants to give to us. You see, the problem, your problem, my problem, is withdrawing. My problem is withdrawing what God has deposited for us. He's not getting it, it's there already, it's already given. Faith withdraws it. Faith is the law, Romans 3, verse 27. It's a rule whereby you operate. It says you are not only to get saved by faith, you are supposed, as in Romans 1, it says, to live by faith. In other words, this is where you're supposed to flow. You're supposed to have a faith walk. That's why the Bible says walk by faith. It's supposed to be your groove, supposed to be your zone. But it must be linked to truth. Yeah. Now, here it is. And please notice this. I'm talking about faith. I'm explaining faith. Faith, if you want it to be real, watch this, cannot be limited to your five senses. <laughs> if you limit faith to your five senses, it won't be real faith. 
it won't be real faith. Because we are talking about accessing the invisible realm. Not the visible realm. So we are not talking about accessing the stuff you can see, touch, and taste. Mm -hmm. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Right. If you can see it, it's not faith. If it's tangi tangible and it's moving in the physical realm, that's not what God is talking about. That's human. And anybody have it. Anybody will believe something they are looking at. Right. I believe you're sitting there. Right. How come? I can see you. That's not faith. He is not talking about that, brothers and sisters. He says it's the substance, so that means it's real. Even though it's in the spiritual realm, it's real. It's real, and, it's as, and it has evidence. In other words, it's provable, but it's not yet seen. The whole thing about faith is the action to grab something from the unseen realm and bring it down to the visible realm. So you never start with what you see to determine that you have faith. That is called sight. That's a whole different word. But because we don't live by faith, in other words, because that's not how we roll, that's not our flow, and we don't see much, that's why we don't see much grace. He says, in addition to all, in other words, in addition to all that I've been telling you, all things take up the shield of faith. Faith, faith. And when we take up the shield of faith, we are acting like God is telling the truth. Acting like it's so, in order that it might be so, simply because God says so. Right. You go to the doctor, because typically there's something wrong that you can't fix. Because, you know, maybe you started all over the counter, you know. You started off with human ability. You started off with what your, your mind could come, come up with. So you went to the pharmacy, you know, CVS, Walgreens, or any of those. And you got something for your stomach. You got something because in your mind, you want to do something to make life better. But your best wasn't working. Your best wasn't solving the problem. So you called the doctor. And you told the doctor, Doc, I have a problem. My stomach hurts. Doctor is going to hear your call. But he is not going to take for granted your problem. He's not going to assume that you, what you think is wrong is what's really wrong. 
You have talked about how you feel because you have talked about the pain. But in his mind, there could be something else causing what you think is a stomachache. So, he's going to make a battery of tests to ascertain the truth about what's really wrong, creating the pain that you are now experiencing. Because all you know is the pain. You don't know what the real problem is. Until someone who knows more than you, who can tell you what the truth is about what you feel, all you know is, I feel something, something. But I don't know enough because I can't fix it. So I'm going to your doc. And hear what the doc have to say for you to tell me, doc, what the real deal is. The truth. Because until you get the truth, you can't fix the problem. You see, as long as you satisfy your yourself with the stuff that you got at the pharmacy, and that's not really the problem, then you are not dealing with the truth, although you might think that, the, that that's the truth. You are just dealing with limited knowledge. Now, the doctor has information you don't have. He comes out and he says, oh, this is the problem, which is more than just an upset stomach. He says, this is the problem. He pulls out a sheet of paper. A sheet of paper is called prescription. That's right. And he writes on it words you do not understand. In fact, if you can read his writing, he's not a real doctor. One of the ways you know a doctor is a real doctor, he can't write. So you have this piece of paper, and he says, take this for your real problem. Because what you were taking that you got over the counter for that upset stomach is not your real problem. Take this. Maybe he discovered an ulcer or something else, who to tell? So. You take this piece of paper that you don't understand to a pharmacy. You give it to the pharmacist who you don't, not, you don't know. The pharmacist go back there with a whole bunch of medicine to put your stuff together. That man could be put in poison. You don't know. You don't know. But the reason you are doing this is because you know he's qualified. You know? He's got qualification. You don't know it based on what you're seeing. 
Because what you are seeing may not even be what it really is. Because you just have this piece of paper that you don't even understand. So you can't even test what he's doing by just reading the paper. You got to believe that what he's offering is what is written on this piece of paper. So you have the paper. And you have taken the prescription. You have gone to the pharmacies. He has given you the medicine. Now, you have done all of this. But you still have an upset stomach. And the reason why you have an upset stomach is the reason why it was written and the reason why you went on the, to the pharmacy. But the reason you went up to the pharmacy wasn't to just get it, read it, and deliver it. The reason was for you to read it, get it, deliver it, and take it. Until you take it, you have not fulfilled obedience. Because your way was just solving the symptoms, not solving the problem. You see, many of us, we come to church, and we get the word, and we say, oh, I don't understand all that. I don't understand all that. All that Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic and all of this stuff, I don't understand. But I know the one who gave it knows what he's talking about. He's a pro. He's a doctor. If there is no acting on what's prescribed, there is no faith that has been exhibited. And if there is no faith that has been exhibited, stop complaining to the doctor that his stuff is not working. We have a lot of people complaining to God, your way doesn't work. And we haven't taken a pill first. Or we take a pill and there's still 20 in the bottle. He says take one every four hours, we take one every four days. Then we wonder why it's not working. We have not exhibited faith. Brothers and sisters, faith is not feeling. Faith is not discussion. Faith in a, is an action taken based on the authorization of someone who knows what he's talking about. Last time I checked, God knows what he's talking about. The reason you do this, the reason why faith, that shield that you couch behind, is that it can handle anything thrown on you. All the fiery darts, darts as the text says, all the fiery darts of the devil, notice, not all the darts, but fiery darts. The word darts means arrows you know the roman shield is made of wood but it's wrapped in leather or some kind of animal skin when they went out to war they dipped it in water they knew that people was going to throw spears at them 
and they, they were going to shoot at them as well. And some of them will dip the tip of their arrow in pitch and light it. That's why it's called fiery darts. That's an arrow that's been set aflame. Fiery darts are meant to dismantle so that now you become open for everything else he wants to shoot your way. He says the shield of faith, verse 16, is so strong that not only arrows, but even the arrows that being put on fire can't burn you down. He says the shield of faith is staggering. Why? Because faith enters the realm of grace and accesses God at a new level. It accesses God. And that's why 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 says, we are overcomers by faith. In order to be overcomers, you have to have something to overcome from. That's right. That's right. You have to have something to overcome from. Maybe you need to overcome joblessness or finances, or emotional fire, or the mind, or emotional depression. Maybe it's relational fires that you are going through, or temptations that you are going through. But whatever the fire happened to be, he says, faith can put it out. Faith can put out the fire. But you got to define Faith, God's way, not your way. You know, any weight lifter who can lift 500 pounds doesn't have a problem with 100 pounds. Huh? If you can lift 500 pounds and somebody asks you to lift a grocery bag of 100 pounds. That's nothing. If you can handle 500, 100 is not a big deal. On the cross, Jesus Christ handled the sins of the whole world. The whole world. For all people, for all time, all sins were placed on Jesus Christ some 2,000 years ago. All the sins for all the world was put on Jesus Christ on that day. So, if he can handle all the sins and all the circumstances for all men, for all time, what did you tell me your problem is? What did you tell me your situation was? What did you tell me your condition or your needs was? Are you trying to imply that God that handled the whole world sins That's right. cannot handle yours because it's a little heavier? Right. What was missing is faith. That's what was missing.
What he's suggesting to us this morning, brothers and sisters, is that if we will take faith as God define it, you will experience victory as you have never had victories before. And let me end with this story. It was the year 1996. And it was the 1996 Olympics. Her name was Carrie Shrubs. She was a gymnast. A little tiny girl. The United States gymnast team was in second place. Carrie Shrug was the last gymnast to go. And she had to make a certain score to be able to overcome the team that was in first place. She had to make over nine points to overcome the team in the first place so that the United States could win the gold medal. So all the pressure is on little Carrie. Carrie stands and Carrie looks down because she has to vault, she has to propel herself, flip over the horse and come down standing up to be able to get that score. Okay? So she's off. She's running. She hits the spring. She hits the horse. She flips over and she comes down. But she comes down wrong. And she in horror twists her ankle. So much so that she cannot even walk. She falls down. She can't even walk. Low score. You can hear the hush over the crowd, particularly the Americans and the American team. You can see her tears and her teammates with a whist as gasping for breath. Carrie began to weep because this old thing is riding on her. She has one more jump. One more jump. But she can't walk. And to do this, she has to be able to run, jump, put pressure on that foot, flip and come down standing up. And you got to be able to stand up. She got one more jump. So she's there weeping. And trying to stand up. She barely can stand up on the leg. Can't put any pressure on the second leg. Over in the corner was her coach, Belly Coroli, the famous gymnast coach. 
He looked at Carrie, crying, and they couldn't meet. So he says, Carrie, look at me. Don't take your eyes off of me. You look at me. I know you are hurting. I know you are in pain, but you keep looking at me, girl. Keep your focus and attention on me. You look at me right now. I know you are hurting. I know you are in pain. I know you can't walk, but girl, you look at me. Because I want to tell you, Carrie, you can do it. I know you can. I know you don't think you can. I know you are hurting. You can barely walk, but no, no, don't look down. Because all you're going to see down there is defeat. You look at me. Now, girl, you go back there, girl. And you do this thing one more time. But when you go back there, your full attention is to be on me. Little Carrie goes around, limps to the starting place, and you can see her eyes casting over to her old coach to look at him. Because you see what's happening here, Carrie has to piggyback off of his, the fate of her coach because her circumstances don't permit her to piggyback off hers. But in her pain and in her anguish, she now looks down and half running and half limping. She goes, she looks up, she flips up, she comes down and she goes over. Pa-boom! Pa-boom! Coach immediately lifts his hand. Both feet have landed. She lifts up the, ba the bad foot because she couldn't, it was hurting so much. And she wiggling on the one foot. But she's standing place. And the place goes crazy because she land on two although she could only stand on one. And the United States gymnastic team won first place. You know why they won? Because there was somebody in that corner who said, don't look at your situation. Don't look at your circumstances. Don't look at your pain. I know it's real, but keep your eyes on me. You know, I think of the author of Hebrews, if he was there, he would have said, your eyes keep them on Jesus. Because he's the author and the finisher of our faith. He will say, don't look at your situation because it's real, because it hurts. But if you will just keep your eyes on me, even if you got to limp, you're going to land the right way. And you will be able to hold your ground. The shield of faith 
running on the truth. Running on the truth will give you the ability to overcome the attacks of the enemy. But keep your eyes looking on Jesus. You know, I know someone is out there this morning on our virtual congregation, in your homes, in the quietness of, the, of your homes, or wherever you may be. And you may be experiencing the hurt, the circumstances, the situations as Carrie did. And the invitation comes out to you this morning. Keep your eyes on Jesus. I'd like to invite you this morning. If you have determined from this point on to keep your eyes on Jesus and have faith that can remove the mountains of problems or trials or tribulations that you may be facing, Right there, on your couch, at your bedside, around the dining room table, wherever you are, just look to Jesus and say, Father, I want to look to you. And more than look to you, I want to give my heart to you today. Pray that, pray that prayer. Whether you raise your hands, whether you fall on your knees, whether you sit with bound, bowed heads, whatever this, the condition you may be in, but just pray that prayer. And I know the Lord is going to hear you and he's going to answer in accordance to your will. His will, according to his will, because he knows all and he knows much more than we can ever know. As that doctor, he has the right prescription he has the right medicine if you would just take it as he has ordered you to. As we pray now, I want to pray for you and pray that God will keep you in his promises and in your determination to be faithful until the end. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the shield of faith. We are not worthy. We realize, Lord, that we have come short. We have fallen on the wayside. We have just gone our own way. But Lord, because you are a God that is full of love and grace, thou has even granted us another opportunity to be able to put our eyes, place our eyes once more on you. And as we do that, Lord, we know that you will see us through. So, Father, accept our petition. Accept our desire now. Those in our audience, dear Father, our virtual audience, that have accepted you perhaps for the first time this morning, or perhaps they have determined to come back home from a wilderness out in the world. Father, accept them, Lord. Forgive them and give them victory. We thank you for hearing and answering our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.
until we meet again. Amen. We'd like to uh, thank Elder Moncrief for such a timely and certainly relevant sermon on maintaining our faith, keeping our faith, which we certainly need during these days. Uh, as we close, I'd like to share a couple of announcements with you. Uh, today, there is no AY. We've had some great AY programs recently, but today there is no AY, so we're asking you and encouraging you to spend this time with your family, enjoying the rest of the Sabbath day. We will resume AY next week. Uh, on Wednesday evening, you can, you can certainly, you're invited to join us for our online, our weekly prayer meeting at 7.30 p.m. It's filled with testimonies and prayer, and uh, we'll be, uh, we, we will be treated with a word from our pastor, P.A., on Wednesday evening as well at 7.30 p.m. Uh, we did receive a prayer request. Those of you, those of our church family, you know that we, uh, you know Sister Biggs, we celebrated her 100th birthday last year, and she has a son named Davilmar Biggs, who right now is valiantly fighting this COVID-19 virus. So uh, she has asked for prayer on his behalf. He has asked for prayer as well. So we'd like to, as we close, make sure that we send up a special prayer for him. Uh, before, we, before I do pray, if you are responding to the appeal that was made, you'd like to reach out to us for prayer or Bible study or to join us as a church, part of our church family, uh, reach out to us on tabsda.org uh, forward slash connect and we'll be able to get back in contact with you. Uh, let's go ahead and close our eyes in prayer. Father God, we are so grateful for the word that we have received today, reminding us to keep our faith in you, to keep focused on you. Even if, even if we may feel weak, Father, we can find strength in you. We ask that you will uh, watch over Brother Davomar Biggs as he is valiantly fighting this COVID-19 disease. We ask that you will strengthen him if its lungs are impacted, Father God, clear them. If his body is aching, Father, we ask that you remove the pain, remove the, uh, any, any trace of the virus, and let him be able to walk out of this hospital fully recovered and fully restored. We ask that you will be with us as a church family as we depart from this corporate worship session. Let us never depart from your presence. This is our prayer in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you again. Thank you for joining us for our worship experience today at Tabernacle. It is our hope and our prayer that you have received a blessing from today's service. If you're watching us on Facebook, remember to follow and like our page. If you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe so you can join us for future worship experiences. Because when you miss a week, you miss a lot at Tabernacle.